Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. One and two. All right, good morning, good morning. You're 7.30 Mountain Time, Broncos December 14th, Tuesday. Nick Welcome Kendall, in. It is time for Scott an episode Kennedy. of Broncos for Breakfast. I am your host, Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy. Scott, how are we doing? How's the coffee? Uh, it's too hot to drink so far. I haven't had any yet, but I, I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. Let me uh, let me mute some stuff here while I get ready to watch Facebook at the same time. It doesn't quite show up because of my green screen, but I uh, this is what I'm drinking today. It's the it's the the sloth. I saw a good comment from Falling Sloth, so it's the sloth coffee from Cafe Brit. No, they don't sponsor me or anything, but uh, a good comment. I guess I guess uh, Falling Sloth, one of our community members, uh, is from Cincinnati, so he's got a special interest in this game this week, and uh, I happen to be drinking that coffee. So you know, it's all. It all comes together here on Broncos for breakfast. It's a circle. Now we got the the Mac Mac G Bucks coming in. How many draft picks do the Broncos have? Uh, right now it's nine. And Scott Scott Kennedy, man, that guy's always just coming in here messing around. No, uh, three sp- hours ahead of you. <laughs> you <laughs> three hours to. ahead of you gets me ten minutes in front of you. That's about it. That's how much time I need. Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, I've been making this um, the live stream about the night before, just so it's uh, there's can be people come in leave a comment or anything but be smart to the package some of those together for higher picks don't want nine rookies on the team next year probably not probably not i think yeah forget about that that's the thing we talk about you know i hear people say it's like oh we got 11 draft picks this year and the way he drafts that'd be great i'm like no no that's that's not that's not what you want you want about six you know so if you can take you know two sixes and move it to a fourth great you know if you can do something like that where you can get six really impact players uh, to pair with the, the class you had this year, but you you don't have eleven open roster spots on this team to to trade down and do all these type of things. So yeah. draft capital is good, but that doesn't mean you want them all as players, as all individual players. Yep, and yeah, you know what my you know what my love strategy is here here in this situation, and I am very much influenced by the mid two thousands Patriots. Take some of that twenty twenty two capital, turn it into twenty twenty three plus interest. Just keep kicking that can and getting more capital for the future and more flexibility for the future. This is assuming you're not trading for veterans. Another thing you can do with those extra picks is something the uh, Ravens have done pretty consistently. You know, oh, the Jaguars, Calais Campbell doesn't want to be there anymore and you don't want to take on his contract. Here's a fifth round pick. We'll take Calais Campbell off your hands and he's been amazing <laughs> for the next board him for sure. Yeah, God. Yeah, that's and that's that's what good teams do with those flexibility. The picks Luke Wright coming in. Hey, y'all. Good morning. I had a question. What's the best and safest way to get Broncos tickets? Um, they have official Broncos, uh, like uh, NFL websites that have ticket exchanges that you can use. I would say that would probably be the safest, maybe not the cheapest, but if you're looking mm-hmm. for a guarantee, anything that is actually associated with the league is going to be pretty safe. Yeah, Ticketmaster, right Broncos.com and go to tickets and, and, and there will be resellers. Uh, if there's mm-hmm. Detroit would have been easier than, than it will be moving forward because there were a bunch of no shows, but you know, let it tick down. You know, I've, I've got Atlanta United season tickets and I'll set mine at a price to sell because that's when they go. But I'll move mine down to like half of face value an hour before the game. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're traveling from, you know, uh, making a day trip to get there, your biggest expense is your travel. You're not going to worry about $50 on a ticket. But, you know, when you're spending two grand to get there, 
and but go to the go to denverbroncos.com and click on click on tickets and you should be able to find something there absolutely we got ethan coming in good morning gents in broncos country ej's in the house good morning nick and scott in broncos country um not that we should have kept him but max garcia looked decent for arizona last night also good morning from chase Jeremy's in the house. Jeremy, we've been calling your name the past couple of days. Scott's had some references to to no avail. Uh, deaf deaf ears over here. Um, so we need you for your movie buff uh, references. We got Leon Archuleta coming in saying, "I'm really hoping the Broncos to draft Carson Strong. Dude has the whole kit. Just needs time to develop. Love Carson Carson Strong's arm talent. Not the most mobile. Uh, probably will always be pretty dependent on his offensive line and pass protection more than most quarterbacks. Going to be a transition for him to work under center coming from the air raid. But the biggest thing for me with Carson Strong." That knee is apparently a big concern um, to the point where they're talking about having to use a cadaver, a surgery where they take a ligament from a cadaver and put it in him so he could be out his entire rookie year. Degenerative knee, bone on bone. Um, I am not that kind of doctor, not osteoorthopedics or anything, so I can't speak to that. But uh, there is some real concern with uh, Carson's strong knee that makes me concerned. Anytime I hear the word cadaver, I think bad news. I I can't ever remember hearing that in a positive connotation. You know, yeah, we, we used a cadaver. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because Tick Pick, that's T I C K. P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets. TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Leon. And Carson Strong, I mean, heck, if the Broncos, then all it, take, all it takes is one team to be like, you know what? He's worth a shot, even though we know the risk. Um, so we'll see. Uh, Dave Glassman coming out the hearts. Thank you so much, Dave. DBA is in the house. Good morning to you, uh, DBA. Peter over in Cambodia. Good morning, Broncos country. Morning to you, Peter. We love you. We got Jesse in the house. Please, please don't let Fangio be back. We will never be a Super Bowl with him as a head coach. That's possible. We'll get into that, though. No, Cody's in like the a new name, Jesse. I don't recognize your name coming in. So welcome to Broncos for breakfast. A lot of new names coming in today. So as the show is growing in popularity, we appreciate you. Uh, we, we don't have the first two rules of Fight Club. You, you tell everybody about us. Exactly. No, uh, Cody. Also, I, I don't recognize this name or this dog. Very good boy or girl. Uh, good morning, Broncos country. Hope everyone is well on this fine morning and evening, depending on where you are. Positive message to Cody. Don't, don't go anywhere. Stick around. Um, Dave Glassman with uh, the stars and the hearts. We love you. Um, Jeremy talking about depends on your depth. You got EJ in the house, Nick and Scott. Bengals pass defense is trash. Do you guys think this is a game for our receivers to get the ball more than three times? We're going to save a lot of the Bengals stuff for Thursday. No doubt about it. Uh, but uh, the Broncos Bengals, I think, are top five in run defense DVOA and their past defense has not been as good. Although Chidobia Uzi, uh, Colorado Buffalo, former Colorado Buffalo has been playing pretty good for them at cornerback. So you want the Broncos to pass because you want them to be able to take advantage of what the other team is good or bad at, but I'm not sure the Broncos are good enough throwing the football right now from the quarterback to the pass protection 
that uh, you're going to see the Broncos go too far away from the run game. Yeah. Uh, if you're running for six yards of carry, you're not going to get it to the wide receivers. Yeah. You know, there's a, uh, there's only one ball. That's the, yeah. the, the people, it's kind of easy to spot agendas sometimes, <laughs> you know, when you, when yeah. you go for 37 points and you have a lot of success, well, what about that guy? Fellas, there's only one ball. There's only one ball to go around. Not everybody can star in each game. Just just doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. That's basic math. Yeah, no, I'm totally with you. Um, we also got Jamal coming in. Good morning, Broncos country. Firefick and hire an offensive-minded head coach and draft quarterback. Some people will agree with you there. We got Facebook users saying, good morning, fellas. Good morning, Broncos country with the coffee. Greg Smith, aloha to you. We got Clee in the house. Bronco could easily use nine rookies, one developmental quarterback, running back, kick returner, two backups. Two backups, offensive, two backup balls, no tackle, defensive end, two cornerbacks. The old saying in college football is for every freshman in the lineup is a loss. Yeah. Um, not quite like that anymore. But um, again, if you've got the second year guys, what are there, seven or eight of them right now? You know, you've got a third of your roster as first or second year guys. That sounds nice in principle, but they're one, they're not all going to be hits. Two, they're not all going to develop. Hmm. So uh, your practice squad, you know, that's where you can get some use out of, the, out of those guys. But you don't want nine rookies and you're too deep. I promise you that. Um, let's get into the things here. Well, I'll let Scott look over the channel and make sure that I'm not missing any stars, but the main topic we wanted to get into here is about, gosh, a month ago, six weeks ago, we were talking Vic Fangio, dead man walking. There's no way that this Broncos team is kind of falling apart. Uh, they can't, they haven't beaten anybody really that good. Uh, the, this is probably about week eight. Um, and you know, inevitability Broncos going to hire Dan Quinn an offensive mind, et cetera, et cetera. Not so fast, my friends. Broncos have gone on a bit of a run here, obviously losing to the Chiefs and the Eagles haven't been great, but, you know, whipping the Chargers, whipping the Cowboys, uh, beating Detroit, sitting there at seven and six now with a real possibility to make the playoffs. Um, there's a chance that playoffs are not uh, Vic Fangio is back. So, Scott, just off the hoof, um, chances on Vic Fangio being back. What are your feelings there? Uh, Peter, thanks for the stars. And I, I'm yeah. I'm kind of this is the game. You know, for me, this is the game. This is one I've been looking at for a while. You're supposed to be Detroit. We kind of chalked that up as a W. So all of the things that we were saying about wins, losses, et cetera, et cetera, you're still on track. So is the team going to play better? This is the game. Yeah. If you lose this one, you're in you're in big trouble. Your, your playoff hopes take a huge hit. Your chances of coming back as the head coach of this team take a huge hit. So we will see. Um, I had this chalked up as a loss a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure I'm ready to change my mind just yet. I want to take a uh, we'll dive into that deeper on Thursday. But uh, this is the this is the game. This is the this is the game. This is the one you got to win. I don't yeah. use must win very often. You got to win this one. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a little bit concerned because the last time the Broncos beat a vastly inferior opponent, they came out and looked flat, flat as hell, uh, from going from the Jets to the Ravens. But what can you do? We all, a lot of that is going to determine if Vic Fangio is the future. And speaking of interesting stats and numbers, Shane Daniels comes in with some nice stars saying, Morning, Nick and Scott. If Gordon and Williams average around 60 yards a frame over the next four games, we'll have two 1,000-yard rushers. When was the last time that happened in the NFL? So I happen to see a comment, and I'm going to – Talk, call this person out real quick because he did a good job. It was retribution on YouTube. Like I said, I go back through the YouTube comments. The, the Facebook comments are a little hard to, to keep up with. Mm. YouTube does a better job with after the fact comments. And he says, Williams needs 64 yards rushing. Gordon needs 74, uh, averaging 71. There'll be only the six running back duo in NFL history to reach 1,000 yards each. 
Zonka and Morris, Harrison Blyer. I'm guessing that's the old Steelers. Mack and Biner. You guys remember Ernest Biner, don't you? Uh, Jacobs and Ward and Williams and Stewart. And I, and I, my comment on that was I was a little surprised that Barry Ward and Christian Okoye weren't on that list. Uh, mm-hmm. I used to play with the Chiefs on 92 Madden because of those two guys. Oh, man, I would have used Steve Atwater and made you have a come-to-Jesus moment over the middle with the Okoye. Yeah, there. Yeah, no, I, I remember I remember watching Monday Night Football, and, and they were playing. The, Ronnie Lott had moved over to the Raiders at that point. And the term that was used, and I use this all the time now because it was great, he goes, this is diabolical what the Chiefs are doing to the Raiders and Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott had glassed eyes of seeing stars by the end of that game. I think those two both won about 500 combined. Okoye, the Nigerian nightmare, and Barry Word was that they were beasts. Yeah, but you know the famous hit that Steve Atwater just absolutely A famous hit. Let's line them up 10 times. The the thing is, and we talk about that with offense, defense. I didn't understand it when I was a kid. Why is it so much harder to play defense? Why does a defense get tired? You're playing the same game because one ball carrier is getting hit by six guys. So I can change out the ball carrier, you know, but each of those six guys are chasing and going off all these times. So, you know, playing and hitting like that, and we can talk a little Kareem Jackson too. He's hitting different people with that force every time, but he's the one taking the, 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 the blows every yeah. time. So his violence is being dished out across six guys, but the impact is coming on him every time. And um, that becomes a little tough. But yeah, I, I do remember that hit. The, the Chiefs and, um, like I said, I was a little surprised. I'd have to look up. I, I, maybe they weren't that prolific, but they were. that team was fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got Iron Man coming in here saying Boone had a good game in Gordon's absence, but disappeared again when he got back. Can the Broncos still use him somehow? Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, Boone was on the sick bug list and inactive. So huh, you were not going to see him because he's sick and uh, ineligible with that. So um, we'll see him at some point. And I know that now it's kind of funny. F- fans are fickle, right? But uh, Jordan, Melvin Gordon comes out and says, I've been pretty good here and the fans are not treating me very well. And now all the fans are like, well, let's resign Melvin Gordon. So uh you guys make me laugh. Not you guys specifically, but just fans in general. Um, no, honestly, not really. The idea is, in, in, I don't know. I don't think the market's going to be as hot for Melvin Gordon as some are projecting. I mean, he's on eight right now. He's not going to get eight again. Maybe no. maybe six. I was going to say five. Maybe, yeah. I was thinking, you know, two years of five with a guaranteed of six, and then he's pretty expendable the next year. Yeah. And maybe he wants to come back to prolong his career. You know, why I'm okay being a number two if you're gonna give me 15 touches a game at 30 years old, you'll be 29 next year. Uh, 30 years old, and I can play another four or five years in the league. Okay, I'm okay with that. We'll see. I we, we'll see. It'll be that'll be one of the more interesting markets. Charles Meredith comes in with some stars, and we got a Vic fan. Those aren't real common in yeah. Broncos country right now. Stand up. So we need Vic, he's great. Shermer gotta go. I've yet to see a Shermer fan. Nick's about as close as I've seen so far. I'm, I'm a Shermer sympath- sympathizer because uh, he's had terrible <laughs> sympathy, quarterbacks. Sympathy's worse, man. Sympathy's worse. I don't need your sympathy. For sure. Um, yeah, Shermer. It's weird because when you step back and look at Shermer, statistically speaking, year by year, almost every single quarterback he has has had has had a career year under Shermer, which is what you want, right? You want them to maximize what that quarterback does. Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, it's not great this year, but he's having a career year the only good good or plus i'd say plus quarterback he's ever had has been donna McNabb. the rest of them have been very bad um terrible honestly um so which, uh, which you know chicken of the egg here is it that you know people don't trust him you know or you know the top quarterbacks aren't going to play for him or why not how, do, how, do you, how are you in the league this long and not have a quarterback 
I mean, it's, I think it's just hard coordinators to get... bounce around all the time. You're, yeah. you're bound to luck into one at some point. It's hard to get a get uh, get a good quarterback as Denver's finding out and as Cleveland found out uh, years and years and years and they're still finding out, right? Well, Baker Mayfield's the answer. Not so fast. Um, he, <laughs> you gonna pay him this year? I don't know. Um, we got the DWI guys coming in with fifty. I'll let Scott look around and see, make sure that we're not getting any uh, stars that we're missing. But DWI guys, I can see this one. The orange flash in here, fifty dollars, forty nine ninety nine. Ethan, thank you so much. I can't see any reason, any way or reason Fangio stays short of winning the Super Bowl. Wow, that's a. Uh, that's a tough one, and I got some reasons for you. Let's get let's get it back into this Vic Fangio while Scott's looking for some stars or anything that pokes. Yeah, I've got eye, some, but... but we can we can hit some. Like I got to hit Miguel. Good. I'm still scrolling down Facebook too, so Miguel uh, has been patient. Normally we're we're fairly on top of these. I'm about eight minutes behind, y'all. So yeah, you guys are amazing. It says we only have 93 people watching on my end, but the comment section is lit. So shout out to the community. You guys are. <laughs> Unless you're leaving me nasty no- comments on iTunes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I love you guys. Uh, I can't see any way Fangio stays short of the Super Bowl. I don't think that's true. I think there's even a path where the Broncos don't make the playoffs and Vic Fangio is back. There's no doubt that the defense has been playing better as of late. The scheme is really starting to come together. Um, the scheme also, Vic Fangio specifically, seems to have the number of Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. Statistically speaking, now the Chiefs are still beating the Broncos because the Chiefs' defense, every time they play the Broncos, turns into like the 85 Bears for God knows. Um, but um, yeah, and I there's definitely a way where Vic Fangio is back, and I think it's starting to trend more likely than unlikely now four games to say they're not going to say anything for sure but that's i i think that they're looking for stability and the other thing that's really important that i think is a factor that people don't consider enough it's the timeline of when you'd have to hire a new coach coming right before you bring in a new owner you're going to be really dealing with a weird situation where you're going to be interviewing guys bring guys in saying yeah we'll keep you here uh, we, we love you and it's like well What's the power dynamic and my responsibility and authority going to be with a new owner? Can't answer that. You don't know until you have a new owner. Then you could have Jerry Jones. You could have a con. You could have uh, the terrible guy who's the Rams owner. I did, you know, this, you have no Cronky. idea. Cronky. That's it. Yep. Uh, bottom line Cronky. Um, so uh, those are all things where it's going to make it kind of, it's a weird situation uh, for the Broncos to hire and coach right before they bring in a new owner, which could totally change the direction of this franchise and the power dynamics. All right. Four games left. Bengals, Raiders, Chiefs, Chargers. Yeah. Two and two is nine and eight. One and three is eight and nine. I don't, if you're eight and nine, I think you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you, you have to at least go two and two and finish above which 500. Which of these four games are the Broncos? How many of these four games are the Broncos going to be favored in? One. I think they'll be favored in. No, they're favored against Cincinnati. Yeah, that's one. Um, I, I think they'll be favored against the Raiders with the Raiders. Maybe, yeah, apart. maybe the Raiders. Um, the Raiders also don't have really a home field advantage in Vegas. It's kind of like how Dallas is, where it's a destination mm-hmm. for traveling fans. Um, they'll be f- not favored against the Chargers, although again, that's another team that doesn't really have a home field advantage. And Kansas City, week eighteen. Right now, I'd say Kansas City would be favored, but. Three weeks from now, what are the Chiefs playing for? Do they already have their playoff spot locked up? Are they not going to have a buy? So to the point where they're going to need to maybe use that week 18 as a buy for some guys. It all comes down to this game. It it really does. If they win this game, <laughs> someone they said have that such earlier today. It yeah. just if you you lose this one, kiss a goodbye. Yeah. You lose the momentum's gone, the belief is gone. Having it's to go three and zero against the AFC West. Not, yeah, I mean, we said that we said that about the Lions, of course. That one was pretty yeah. obvious because if you can't beat the Lions at home with half a team, then you can't beat these other teams. That's, um, but 
need to need the, the Bengals are fighting for their lives too. Um, and they're, they're a pretty good football team. Um, like I said, we'll get back into it, but it needs to come down to this one. Um, but no, uh, Ethan, I don't think, I don't see any way or reason, reason. Okay. I get that one, but anyway, he, he could, he could be around, you know, if you go, if you go 10 and seven, you know, three and one down the stretch, make the playoffs, you don't, you don't fire that guy. That's progress. You know, that's, that's progress. Mm-hmm. I get him in quarterback. Um, but that's, that's definitely progress for sure. Yeah. And that's what and- I'm looking for as an administrator, as a manager. That's what I'm looking for is a team making progress. Was it five and 11 last year to, to 10 and seven? You're coming back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the case. Now, the one thing that is a, uh, and we got DBI guys saying he disagrees with me. That's okay. Uh, we can, yeah, that's okay. That's- I don't agree with myself half the time. <laughs> that's very true. Um, yeah, it's really going to depend a lot also on this offseason. Now, you're not supposed to be able to talk with players that are on other teams, but let's say you hear it through the grapevine or another agent that, like, Russell Wilson would love to come to Denver. Doesn't really trust Vic Fangio, but if Dan Quinn's there, you know what? I'm going to strike my list and be like, I'm coming to Denver. Maybe that changes the formula for you. Now, that's we can't officially say that would happen because uh, Russell Wilson's under contract with Seattle, and uh, therefore he's not allowed to talk with the Broncos, but agents talk, players talk with each other, et cetera, et cetera. So that could change the dynamic as well, where let's say they are a, uh, a 10 win team. They've just missed out on the playoffs. And, uh, but now you have a chance at Russell Wilson coming in here, or there's some talk of uh, Aaron Rodgers with his offensive coordinator. And that, that could change things uh, yeah. for me, even if you're playing well, the chance to get that franchise quarterback. I am very much a believer that it's about the guys on the field 10 times more than the coaches. I mean, Bill Belichick even says that uh, football games, 90, 95% is the athletes on the field. It's the margins of that five to 10% where the coaches make a difference. And that, that can, I mean, that's, that's a big chunk, no doubt about it, but it's mostly about the players on the field. No doubt about it. Yeah. And, and Miguel coming in says, good morning, fellas. Did you see that Melvin Gordon is one of six players with at least seven touchdowns in his first six years? What does that mean for his contract talks? The important part of that statement isn't the seven touchdowns. The The important part is six years. Yep. Uh, he's exactly. got over 1,500 touches already, uh, 29 years old, free agent. What's it going to do for his contract talk? It's going to hurt him because he's getting older. Um, that, that That's what it's going to do. And in a perfect situation, he is in a perfect situation right now. He really is. Mm-hmm. Where you get this a split the carries, be on a winning team, that that that's ideal for him. However, if someone comes and says, okay, we, we want to offer you four to come back and, and be part of this team, Melvin. And someone else comes in and says eight, well, bye, Melvin. Goodbye. Um, you know, money will help change that. So it's really going to depend on what the market sees in him. And I don't think it's going to be quite as hot as we've seen simply because of his age as some of the things we've talked about. I don't, I'll be shocked if he gets 80 a year again. Yeah, that's uh with his third contract, I'd be imagining maybe five a year for mm-hmm. a couple seasons and a chance to be a number one um, elsewhere, which he probably won't get in Denver. But he's been really good, um, no doubt about it. I'm you know a team to... like a team like the Falcons might be able to scrape together five million, mm-hmm. you know, for for a running back. I think they're paying uh, Mike Davis three this year. Uh, Melvin Gordon will be an upgrade on Mike Davis, but yeah. you know until they address the offensive line, it doesn't matter who's back there. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I could see him getting, he'll get more than, he could get more than four, four, you know, five or six on a one-year deal to come in and be a number one could be very appealing for him. Listen, I want one more shot at being the guy, or I could come and play here and have a little security knowing I'm going to be on a good team for a while and playing meaningful football and getting 
better quality touches for lack of a better phrase, but he's getting older. Yeah. That's the one thing, man, it's cars and you don't want to dehumanize these guys, but it's, it's driving a car off a lot, right? Like they just, they depreciate so much so quickly. And sometimes you have outliers like Frank Gore who play until, you know, they've, he's been playing since the Nixon administration, but uh, that's an outlier. One of the, one of the phrases I use in scouting is with a small enough sample size, I can prove any point. Oh, look yeah. at Frank Gore. You know, look at Tom Brady. Look at Kurt Warren. Blah blah blah. Uh, yep. You do not build a team based on the exception to the rule. Can't do it. You got to play the probabilities, and the probabilities are he's going to start slowing down. Do I want to keep playing premium money for a guy that's going to be slowing down? No, I do not. Yeah, and then you talk about the drafting the outlier or something like that. Kenny Pickett, uh, somebody in this upcoming class who. He might be the best quarterback in this class right now. Or he might be the first quarterback taken in this class. Uh, he's been pretty good on tape this season. He was good on uh, tape last year as well, from what I've seen. However, there are some uh, there are some metrics for him that make me concerned with him as as an outlier. He's going to be 24 years old as a rookie, which quarterbacks play for a long time. But there's kind of a a learning curve in the league where you see uh, quarterbacks they have to like get by on their physical attributes, and then at some point they reach like a mental peak and while they're when their physical skills start to diminish and the mental side about 12 12 years old (laughs) i peaked when i was you know seven years old the the john elway mark mcguire era of my sports fandom was was number one um but um pickett's already gonna be 24 that's concern also he's literally right if if mock draftable which has a database of combine and uh pro days um dating back to 1999 is correct and kenny pickett's Eight and a eight and a quarter inch hand length is correct. Kenny Pickett will have the smallest hands of any quarterback that's come through draft evaluation since 1999, um, which is, you know, you want to say that's a big deal. You want to say it's not a big deal. I, I will not going to take it from you. The NFL teams are going to care about that, especially teams that are playing in cold weather, maybe down in like Saints, New Orleans in a dome, yeah, small hand picket, whatever. That's fine. In Denver, in the AFC North, in the, the NFC North teams like that, I think it's going to matter to them. Get the stick them. Sticky picket. Yeah, and there's talk that he's like double jointed. Like, does that matter? I don't know. That's that's that sounds like a weird thing to be like. Oh, well, it's okay. He has small hands. He's double jointed. Oh, that's that's weird to me. But uh, I don't know. Just I'm not about drafting the exception too early. Now, there's a point. Obviously, like if he was there day two, his tape is definitely good enough. Where risk, you, it's, you take it's all point. about risk reward. It's all yes. about probability. It's math at the end of the day. I mean, to it's a certain extent, obviously, you know, it's investments. Yeah, it's 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 ROI and yep. and you, you've got to take risks. And the more shots you have, the better chance you have to get a player, which is nice to have all those yep. picks. Um, which goes back to contradict what I was saying. It'd be nice what my point was you don't want nine rookies on the team, but that doesn't mean you br- couldn't bring nine to camp. So let me let me go back on what I was saying earlier about having all those draft picks with the practice squad and all that type of stuff. You're not gonna get nine impact players in a draft of you know in the sixth and seventh round. So let me let me rephrase that a little bit. Um, Peter coming in says Teddy's a new Andy Dalton. Anyone better is a good. Anyone better is a good or franchise quarterback. Anyone worse is a risk of losing his job. And that's kind of where where Teddy has found that niche. He's coming. It's like all right, our quarterback just went down. Who can come in and finish the season for us? We don't have a quarterback who can get us by until the next year. And that's a it's a very nice living for Teddy Bridgewater, um, but it's not the most inspiring of choices for the fans. Like, Oh, great. Here comes Teddy. Uh, we're, we're mediocre at quarterback position for a year until we can figure this out. It's, it's better than no quarterback. Um, 
I promise you the New Orleans Saints would rather have Teddy than Trevor Simeon, which oh, is God. called and asked about him. It's like, oh, y'all hate him up there? Good. Send him to us. Um, but that's that I, I agree. I think that's kind of his role where you can come in and be a fill-in starter for someone that is quarterback less. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt Teddy's limited and he limits this offense a lot, but at least he's getting the hell out of the way. I mean, this is again, oh, everyone cover your ears. Iowa Hawkeye reference here, but like your your quarterback can be detrimental, but you can win football games sometimes with talent around them if the quarterback is not detrimental to you out there. And last year, the Broncos had a game uh, far too often. Um, the quarterback position was detrimental uh, to the outcome of the game. The Broncos last year, number one in the NFL in turnovers per possession at 1.174. Number one in the NFL in interceptions per possession. Uh, second to last in plays uh, plays per possession. Second to last in time of possession per possession. So they were just getting rid of the ball like crazy. One of the worst in yards uh, per possession and 29th in the league, 28th in points per possession. This year, Broncos, uh, 12th now in turnovers per possession, 13th in interceptions per possession. They're 7th in plays per possession, 4th in time of possession uh, per possession, which sounds like a crazy stat. But it's all about efficiency metrics, right? It's not about, like, if you have – if you score 20 points on 12 possessions, that's worse than scoring 20 points on eight possessions. Dadoy. So efficiency metrics matter in that sense. But uh, again, we've no doubt Teddy Bridgewater is not a guy who's going to win games for you, but at least he's not out there making it hard for you to win games, hard on your defense, hard on your run game, hard to play complimentary Easy. football. It's a family show, dude. <laughs> God, I need a sip of coffee. Remember me one. saying, just rewind it about 12 years old peak. Yeah. 12 years old. It's about right. Um, but back to, okay, we got Gary actually first. More important, <laughs> Gary leads Palmer. Only George Payton knows what the line is for the coaches, but do you throw them out for not making the postseason? I say yes. Uh, yeah. It, you and, think and if they go 10 stars, and 7? Says, uh, yeah, you, you know, do you throw them out for not making the postseason? Yeah. Yeah, this is a, this is a playoff team. You are you got a shot. Like I've said before, I was actually a little surprised that Fangio survived the general manager change. You got a Coming off of 5-11, two, two losing seasons in a row, haven't yeah. made the playoffs in forever. That's not all on him. Yeah. And a new general manager come in, they usually want their own guy. So part of that is, okay, I'll give him a year, uh, and, and we'll see where we are. Um, yep. I, I think Peyton's done a really good job of, of building this roster and setting it up for future success, not just with the young players, but with the, 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 the cap, the draft capital, and all those things that you want as a general manager that makes – guys like Nick and I excited because we love the administrative and the team building aspect of this, yeah. of, uh, of this league. But uh, you know, you didn't make the playoffs. I'm, I'm going to go get, I'm going to go get my own guy. I, I uh, sure. Vic, George Payton has been really good at uh, keeping things close to his chest uh, so far. So um, when I've heard that he's looking more for a defensive minded coach and stability, that could be completely off base because that's that's been the Vic fan or the uh, George Payton era. Nobody knows what uh, he's thinking but him. So I do think that there's definitely a possibility that Vic could be out. But my understanding right now is that things are trending towards Vic being back. Obviously, the final four games are going to have a lot to say about that. Um, but uh, George Payton, one of the reasons he says he came to Denver he says, uh, was because of Vic Fangio and the scheme. I know, I know, I know. But again, this is stuff that's come back around that I've heard from some people connected to the organization. It's like, okay, that that lines up with things he said previously, at least. Uh, I do think there is a path, though, where Broncos are 10-7, and seven, miss the playoffs on tiebreakers because there are literally 14 teams in the NFL right now with six or seven wins. Um, and uh, let's say they go 10-7, and seven, lose on tiebreakers because the AFC uh, conference record is not as good as the Bills or the Browns 
or the Chargers, let's say those th- those are the three AFC teams, and you still get ten wins, but you can't get in. Um, I could see Vic Fangio still being back. Yeah, you have ten and seven, and then, miss out. Then it's just weird. That's a playoff team. That's a playoff caliber team. You had yeah. a playoff caliber season, um, possible. And it, you go, you play well, and everything looks good, and you're ten and seven. You finish on a high note. I think a majority of the fans would say, "Yeah, let's keep going with this. We'll see." But that's a big if. There's a yeah. lot, you know. It, it starts this week. You, you've yeah. <laughs> all keeps coming back to this Bengals game is so big. They have to win this one. They have well, to win. And Ben says our best season in five years. Did a fraction of the fan base want us to lose uh, in order to blow it up and start over to get rid of of Teddy and Fangio? Seems a little personal. Uh, it, it is personal, <laughs> Ben. It, this is it's very personal. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've said before that uh, you know these are these are jobs. You know, Teddy may be here for 12 months. You're going to be a Broncos fan for life, for life. Yeah. It's very personal to you. Fangio might be here three years. He might be onto another job. This is a profession for them. Where are the fanatics? If it's not personal to us, who is it personal to? So yeah. if you say, listen, I don't think these guys are good enough. Um, and, and, you know, you don't necessarily want your team to lose, but unfortunately, the way this league is set up, they reward you for losing. The way American sports are set up, you're better off losing if you're not going to win at all. And that's yeah. wrong. It's un-American. Um, so it encourages that type of thought. And it's only rational. It's like, listen, I, I'd rather lose because it's better for us in the long run. I understand that. Uh, I don't agree with the way it's set up personally. Um, in, you know, in international leagues, you, if you lose enough, they boot you out of the league. That's yeah. awful. <laughs> it's awesome. They won't do that here because it's a billionaire boys club where you pay a franchise fee and you buy your ticket and you make money. The only yeah. people that really get hurt are the fans. So yeah. I, I get it, Ben. Um, and it is, it is, it's very personal. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is personal. Um, as far as blowing it up though, I think that some people are a little bit extreme. Um, with that, if you came, if this was a like a House Hunters episode or something, I don't watch any of that crap. But you, you'd come out to the Broncos right now. You'd like knock around a little bit. Look, yeah, look at the basement. There's no mold. Yeah, this this house is good bones. This Broncos team has good bones. There's no reason to mm-hmm. de- uh, have a demolition of the entire no, it's, foundation. It's not of this a team. blow up. It's a it's a changing changing out. It's a lot easier. The, the phrase goes, it's a lot easier to change a coach than it is to change a 53 man roster. Yeah, you feel pretty good about 50 of the 53 on the roster. So let's get a new coach. Yeah, no, absolutely. And thank you so much for the comment, Ben. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, so Broncos, th- you think the, uh, Vic Fangio being back 10 wins, that means three and one down the stretch. I agree with you there. Do you see any pathways where the Broncos finish nine and eight, two and two down the stretch and Vic Fangio is back? They still make the playoffs and make a run eke in, win a playoff game. Um, then you never know. Like, so this team's got a puncher's chance because they're fundamentally sound on defense and they've and got they a good win, running game. They win football. So they they win should cold be games. in most games. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're not turning the ball over. They should be in them. Um, it's not always the most exciting. You know, it's it's kind of dull at times and you feel like if you fall behind, it's over. And again, what's the, the common theme that we hit on a lot is hope. It's mm-hmm. hope, man. If we fall behind, my hope is gone. When your hope is lost, you're, it's what's left but despair. Uh, or acceptance. And it's uh, we're getting real philosophical this morning on Broncos for breakfast. So, um, yeah, you go 9-8 and eight and eke your way into the playoffs and make a run, go to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, you're probably bringing those guys back. Yeah, and following soft, we were talking about you earlier. Uh, Scott had some coffee for you. 
Um, but uh, the way the Broncos sit right now, he uh, Fallen Sloth is right. The, the pathway to the Broncos making the playoffs with nine wins, nine and eight, is almost impossible. Uh, the Broncos kind of made that bed when they ended up deciding that most of their wins um, this season, non-conference wins, were going to come from the NFC, which means that almost every single multi-team um, tiebreaker where you're going to have multiple teams at like nine wins or ten wins, Broncos are going to lose because they're going to have a lower uh, AFC strength of or AFC uh, winning record. So that's that's going to be a big one for them. They, they're going to have to get in it with 10 wins. So, so and checking the chat here, Alex coming in saying, Alex, that's a new name for me. So it says, good morning, Denver Broncos for life. Good morning, Alex and, and Josiah coming in. Good morning. Some people coming in a little bit late. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, the numbers have doubled in the last 20 minutes. So somebody got their notifications or, you know, at eight o'clock, people are starting to hit the car or something. So uh, appreciate y'all being here. Yeah, some other names we got Wyatt saying I'll take Drew's turnovers all day over Teddy's lack of play. Um, you don't sound like a coach to me with that one, or somebody who's watched uh, Big Ten football. Or, but uh, you know, that's you—that's your preference. Some some might say that the turnovers is lack of play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely. I get what you mean though, Wyatt. It's 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 uninspiring. I'd rather have a guy at least take a chance. I get it. I get that. Yeah. Yeah, if the Broncos had an absolutely terrible defense, I might be a little bit more into that. But when you have a great defense, you need to reward them and uh, give them a chance and lean on your strengths. And not turning over the ball is probably the most important thing you can do outside of long sustained drives that end in touchdowns. Um, but uh, Shane Daniels coming in. I think it's simple. We make the playoffs. Vic stays. We don't make the playoffs. He goes. Win-lose record won't play until that decision. I think there's a little bit of nuance there, but if he, if the Broncos make the playoffs, no doubt about it, the, the Vic fan goes back. I, unless, guys, no doubt about it. Unless for some reason, um, let's say you hear that Russell Wilson wants to come and, but only if you hire Dan Quinn as your head coach. Okay. Sorry, Vic. We appreciate you making the playoffs. We have a chance to have a franchise quarterback for 10 years. Good luck. Here's a little nice little severance package. We'll see you on the other side. Dan Quinn's star is on the rise. He was actually trending yes. for me on my Twitter feed, and I was clicking yeah. on it to see, okay, what? Because I get a little cringy. I'm like, oh, no. Uh, if it's somebody I haven't heard for in a while, you know, your first thought is, okay, are they still alive? Um, but I was like, okay, did you do something bad? And there, he's just getting universal praise for the way that uh, the Dallas Cowboys are playing and just the infectious personality that he has. You know, we talk about the head coach, and some of the comments I see a little bit are, I like Fangio, but I don't want these guys. Well, Fangio is is the, the the main chef. He's the one that's picking those guys. So if he's picking McMahon and if he's picking mm -hmm. Shermer, that's part of the total package. Yeah. So he's not going to be a defensive coordinator only. They don't do that when they're making you know multi million a year to be the head coach. They might rehabilitate their career somewhere else. You know he might go become a defensive coordinator for the Giants or somebody that needs one next year to real to try and get back into a head coaching gig after a year. That happens all the time, but. If you don't like the way that Shermer picks a team, or I'm sorry, that, that Fangio is picking his staff, that's part of it. It's absolutely part of it. Yeah, and uh, one thing I don't want to mess with, too, is uh, moving on from Fangio. We got to give this guy his flowers right now. Um, Mike Munchak, this Broncos offensive line, the way they've been playing recently, now granted, they are protecting the quarterback as much as the offensive line and pass, prep, uh, pass reps right now. But the run game and the leaning on that and that offensive line finally getting healthy – except for uh, Quinn, my, or excuse me, uh, Graham Glasgow, of course. Um, the offensive line, it's starting to become the identity of this offense. The run game through the offensive line and the running backs is becoming the identity, and it's working. I do worry that this week the Bengals are going to load the box. Uh, they already are a good rushing team, but I think they're going to play very much a heavy box and save Teddy beat us in space. 
and that can be concerning, no doubt about it. With uh, Teddy looks dinged up to me, and uh, he's been playing not good football since week three for the most part. Uh, somewhat efficient football, but not like he was the first three weeks where he was able to spread the ball around and get it to these weapons at you know at will almost. Um, but uh, it's working right now. There's there's just going to have to be a counter punch at some point, right? You know that some they're going to take it away. Better teams, better defenses are going to take that away. And uh, that's going to lead to Teddy having to play comeback football. And I just don't know if he has that in him. And Chris, appreciate the stars in here. Always a big supporter mm-hmm. of uh, the pod. Uh, Michael coming in. Michael Pack says, I, I like this uh, This comment. He says, you know, I'm all for coaching changes because there are some areas that need help. Special teams, offensive coordinator. Well, I really think the entire coaching staff needs to go. Uh, there was another offensive. one here that that I wanted to see. It was, uh, let me see. My, Oh, it was Tommy. So relax a bit on Fangio. We could have urban Meyer. And my first thought on this was, this is how politicians get away with it. Yeah. My guy sucks, but at least he's not your guy. You know, that's not good enough. You know, hold your guy accountable. If he's not good enough, do better. Um, so, but yeah, I get the joke. I know you're just joking. And, uh, urban Meyer flaming out in the NFL with professionals. That's, that's hard to believe. That's that's tough. Yeah, I mean, even not not to the same extent, but another guy, college to the NFL that looks like he's on his way out is uh, Matt Rule. Um, that seems to be falling apart there pretty quickly in Carolina, as you probably saw this last week with the whatever they're doing there with the quarterback situation and that offense in general is atrocious. No, that's that's kind of what I wanted to say about the you know quarterback play. I'm like, I know we we have, we've got our own blinders on, and I almost sent it out there, but I was kind of afraid to. It's like you know. Well, I didn't want to jinx it at the time either. It's like Atlanta Falcons complaining about Matt Ryan. That's what it could look like, you know, is watching the Carolina Panthers and, and, and Cam Newton, who's not effective, and P.J. Walker, who's, you know, dropping back and throwing it up in the air. Um, that's what bad quarterback play looks like. That's it. That's a quarterback that, you know, the, the Panthers were switch quarterbacks on that team and the Panthers win by three touchdowns. Um, yeah. That's how bad it can get. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. That's uh, that's very true. Um, I want to get to this from EJ. KJ Hamler is a bust. Don't know where this comes from. We should have drafted Trevon Diggs or Chase Claypool. Um, it's way too early to say if KJ Hamler is a bust or not. And I guess he did have the injury concern coming in because he had the hamstring, but then he suffered a, a knee injury. So uh, I, I think it's way too early to call KJ Hamler a bust. Um, this team needs speed on the perimeter. That's something that this team is really lacking right now on those crossers right now. They're they're just, they're not getting the space because they don't have a guy who can get on that horse and scream across the field in that sense. And I think people overrate Hamler, uh, the speed a bit vertically, but speed horizontally is just, it's just as important to decompress the defense and get to space. Um, So I would say KJ Hamler is not a bust just yet. It's definitely disappointing. I'm hoping that he can be healthy next year because this team lacks uh, explosive elements as far as speed right now on offense. Right. And th- did the, did the pick make sense at the time? You know, there's, there's times that that is sometimes it doesn't work out, but if it did, it make sense at the time. Um, or were there other guys you're like, man, I really wish we would have taken these guys where it's fairly obvious. Cause you, you've, you've heard me say before, I can't stand it when, when coaches try and like show everybody how smart they are by doing the stuff that, no one else would have thought of. Well, there's a reason why. You know, this is sports. This isn't rocket science. I don't have to solve anti-differentiated equations here. It's this guy's bigger and faster and better. I'm going to take him. Yeah. Speed kills, man. There's always going to be a priority in speed in the NFL. I mean, you can see it right now. And not in just the NFL, but uh, college football. Um, this last week, Georgia, best one of the best defenses ever. They had absolutely no answer 
for Jamison Williams at Alabama. They just could not cover him. The speed totally unlocked that. And then we have a quarterback who's uh, hitting those shots as well. You can have, you can be great in the trenches. You can have a team full of uh, NFL players in your front seven. Um, but that speed can break a game and uh, can create explosive plays. I mean, the Alabama scored touchdowns on like five straight drives or something. Jamison Williams with two of them. So uh, it, it matters. It matters. That, that game Alabama had to win. Georgia didn't. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes uh, when they probably get a rematch. It's going to be unfortunate because Mechie got hurt towards ACL. So they're missing their number two wide receiver, which is matters for Alabama because they cannot run the football, which is weird to say for an Alabama team, but they just, they suck at running the football right now. Well, Peter um, coming in with some more stars we'll saying Cushenberry playing better at center. Yep. Uh, still need a nose tackle. What do you think? He's thinking about the draft. Uh, Cushenberry is playing better. Dalton Reisner is playing a lot better too. I think that we were pretty hard on Reisner early in the season, but I think since, uh, Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, Dalton Reisner has actually been one of the better offensive linemen out there in pass and run protection. I, I really like that they're starting to use uh, more pin-pull concepts in the run scheme um, where they're getting these guys in space and coming around the side and cracking an edge, which has been great. Um, so, But Cushenberry is playing better as well. The entire interior offensive line has been, I would say, above average. And some of that is protecting them, no doubt. When you're running the football as physically and consistently and effectively as the Broncos, your offensive line is going to look better because offensive linemen will take the run reps every time over pass protection. It's so much more natural. Do I want to go forward and lean on a guy who's smaller, more athletic, maybe even longer than me as well? Or do I want to go backwards and sit there and be the um, reactive to those yeah, guys? Low man wins. Absolutely. You know, low man yep. wins on that one. It's We talked about that early in the season where how do you protect a young offensive line? You run the ball and yeah. got back to it. Well, like I said, it's not hard to spot an agenda. So what happens? You're running the ball 40 times a game. Now we're complaining that receivers aren't getting the ball. Enough. Come on. Um, you play to win the game. Um. <laughs> Falling sloth coming in with this comment. I like this one because it reminds me of a, one of the first things I remember hearing from a coach describing uh, a skill position versus a, a bigger guy. Yeah. says, Hamler isn't a buff, but I do fear he ends up like John Ross, who just keeps blowing out his own tires with his speed, so to speak. And I think that I don't remember the exact metaphor, but it was basically like a dragster versus a big diesel tractor. You know, the dragster, yeah, it's fast from here to there, but it, it's so high tuned and high strung that something goes wrong all the time. There's yeah. so much power in it all the time. Something you're, it's you make one run, then you got to work on it again. That diesel tractor is going to go for 50 years and and have the torque and the power and the strength. Uh, and there's there's something to that with these yeah. super fast sprinter type players. Um, breaking down a little bit. There's there's mm -hmm. something to that. Uh, and I appreciate the comment. Yeah, and a big difference between Hamler and uh, Ross is he took Hamler middle of the second round uh, where John Ross was a, the ninth overall pick, I think, in that class. So uh, that's that's a big, you talk about return on investment. That changes the margins a little bit as far as what you have to get back for that pick. Mm -hmm. uh, DWI guys coming in, $25 saying, was it just me or did Fant actually block like an animal in this game? Not just Fanta, Albert Okwebenam as well, I thought had a pretty good game blocking. And both those guys have, I think, really started to lean into the identity of this team that is uh, the run game. And maybe it's a frustrating for the wide receivers, but at least it seems like the tight ends are uh, balling out. And to see Fant make a play down the field, uh, you know, you've heard me say it a few a hundred times on here. Fant plays like a 1980s video game where all you have is A button to go forward as fast as you can and B button to stop. There's not any throttle on him. There's not very much control. Um, but going straight vertically or sideline to sideline, 
giddy up. I mean, that kid, that guy can fly. So to see him more on more seam routes going forward to beat some uh, cover three or split some uh, split field safeties, uh, I would love to see that from this past game. Just just to give him something to think about. Now it's on tape as well. Um, I'd like to see a wrinkle off of that, you know, um, something else where you can play off of that because Fant can definitely put linebacker safeties in a bind because he is yeah, bigger, faster, stronger. This the size difference is pretty stark. I mean, he's a he's a big dude, and yeah. you know, coming from coming from the Big Ten, he sh- should know how to block. So, um, like to see better effort, and that was a, a definitely a, a good effort from uh, from Noah. Yeah. Uh, Greg, come in, Aloha. So, want to so thank you for sending all the rain south to our mountain ski resorts. I haven't been skiing in so long. I'm not even sure I could do it. Just kill my legs right now. Yeah, a lot of good ski places up here in the Pacific Northwest. It's not as good as other areas because it's very wet snow, which apparently people don't want. You want that dry powder, not the uh, compressed, wet, heavy snow, which is what we tend to get out here. But uh, I need to get into skiing. Not much of that in the Midwest. I, that was like the one thing I did for my birthday right before the uh, the sick bug uh, swept across the globe. I went I went skiing for the first time, and uh, it was a little rough for me. <laughs> not, not the best. My wife was much better than me, unfortunately. She was a dancer forever, though, so she's way better at balance and stuff. Well, and Jeremy comes in and says, "Fan is somehow big and fast and soft at contact." We've talked about that with uh, with some of the big running backs. You know, you watch mm-hmm. Royce Freeman when those guys were that athletic at that size. They didn't have to be strong. They didn't learn how to run mm-hmm. with power and user size because they could run by everybody. They never yeah. learned how to do that. It's like you know, Derrick Henry um, was one of the softest high school players I ever scouted. Hmm. I'm not. I'm not kidding on that. He was. A six foot three, two hundred and twenty pound, hundred meter state champion. He didn't have to run in the contact. He ran by everybody. He's playing at like double A or or three A in, uh, in in a small school at Uly in Florida. Uh, when he went to Alabama, I said that's a, that's a that's good uh, because Nick Saban will either make a man out of him or he's going to wash out and be done with football. And we'll know. We will absolutely know. Well, guess what? He made a man out of him, and now he's a freaking beast. Um, yeah. It may have come a little slower for Fant. Um, you know, it, it may not have been time when you're that big and fast. You don't have to be. You don't have to learn how to play with power. So maybe, maybe it's coming. Fourth year, maybe, yep. maybe the you know it's tight end can have a long career. Was he 25, 26 years old? Get him another ten years in the league. Reinvent himself. It's still possible. And that's yeah. You talk about that. You have guys right now that are we've played this season that really fit that bill where you don't, you're not giving up on athletic freaks, the tight end position because they tend to click a little bit later in their career. Um, a guy that we're going to see this week uh, for the Bengals, one of the most underrated tight ends in football, uh, CJ Uzma. Um, he's 27, 28 years old now. And he's really, I mean, he's really starting to click Darren, uh, Darren Waller took him if, a little bit. Uh, David and Joe mistaken on Uzma. I think, I think he's from North Gwinnett high school and he played quarterback. Yeah. So he was a quarterback coming out. So learning the position and learning all that stuff isn't completely, you know, foreign right there. And I, I think he went to the same high school as Jared Cook. Uh, talk about a couple of big athletes. So, um, yeah, yeah, there's, you know, I, I say all the time it's a it's a an athlete's game, but there's still improvements to be made on the skill side of things for sure. Yep. Yeah. I would not. Uh, I would not give up on. No offense just yet, because it's not like the quarterback position. It's one that is based mainly on what you can do athletically. And uh, we've seen Uzma and also Njoku, their fourth year has really taken a huge step forward. So fingers crossed on that one, that that can be the case for uh, Noah Fant going forward as well. 
I got Jesse Fraley coming in here saying, is there a page that has MHH broadcast schedule? Check the homepage and maybe I'm missing, but I didn't see it. Jesse, I'm going to make this really easy for you. Um, we are very consistent for a reason. So that way you know when the shows are going to be. Uh, the Broncos live show, so that's Broncos for Breakfast. We are live Monday, Tuesday, Thursday at 7 a.m. Mountain Time, 7.30 Mountain Time. So I'm, I'm trying to do it all see in my how easy I'm it on, is? I'm in Pacific. So 7.30 Mountain time, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and then every single evening, uh, Sunday through Saturday, uh, you have the Broncos show, which is going to be at 6 p.m. Mountain time. So that's obviously building the Broncos, Huddle Up, Maha Insiders, and Dove Valley Deep Divers. So if you're enjoying us in the mornings, we'll see you again on Thursday morning. I might be a little bit groggy because I'll be after, that'll be after flying across country back to my hometown in Iowa, but um, I'll be there. Yep. Thank hit you so that much, subscribe Jesse. button and, and the alerts for the live shows um, and, and it'll remind you. But yeah, just uh, I, I'm not sure what time zone you're in. I'm Eastern. So eight o'clock. Uh, a couple of them, they usually start between eight and eight fifteen and then uh, nine thirty in the morning Eastern on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And uh, let's see where that here it goes. Lord Deer has a comment. It says crazy. There's only 32 key jobs in the whole world. And yet they're not all elite. 32 in the whole world. I, I know. Um, and y'all have heard me say it before and I'll say it again. Check out the first two rounds of the last 10 years of Major League Baseball. And that's where you're going to see your 6'4 guys throwing 95-mile-an-hour fastballs. That's where all your quarterbacks have gone. That's where all your throwers have gone. There's athletes playing quarterback position, but your big throwers, they're playing baseball. Yeah. That's too bad Jacob Eason couldn't have done that. I think, I don't even know where he's at now, but the, with his arm and his lack of mobility, he looks like he should have been a pitcher. <laughs> No doubt about it. Uh, Wyatt, we're okay now. He said that uh, he prefers the turnovers. I don't agree with him there, but we're both Hawks. So, uh, Pant was a stud at Iowa because they knew how to use him. Staff doesn't know how to use him right. Right system as a top five tight end. Um, we'll see. A lot of I, I put a lot of it on Fant, um, but he's also been dealing with injuries and uh, the sudden passing of his mother as well. So, we'll see. And, and with his speed, he's a behind the linebackers type of guy. And you've got mm -hmm. a quarterback that's coming underneath because Fant is going to set a career high for receptions this year. Yep. Uh, and he'll do it before week 16. So it's not just because of the extra game. So it's like, why aren't we using Noah Fant? Noah Fant. Well, you are, but it's, it's mostly underneath and he's not a break a tackle and, and, you know, push guys forward. He's a try and get behind you. And we saw, we saw that this week on a nice, uh, nice go route up the right side when you had a, you know, run a wheel or something up that when you're isolated in coverage, but he's getting most of his stuff after he's getting most of his catches underneath and then he's not doing anything. So he's got no yak yards. Um, but as far as being used, he is being used. But to your comment, not being used the right way. Because um, I, I bet by, what do we got? 14, 15, 16, 17. So week 16, he'll set a career high in, in receptions this year. Yeah, Noah Fant, um, there's a statistic that uh, Next Gen uses, Next Gen Stats from NFL, which is uh, expected yards after catch. So it takes like every single catch that's ever happened at a certain area of the field. That's the denominator and the yards after catch that player has in that situation. Um, and uh, they'll get you the plus minus then um, to see what that is. Uh, and Fant this year has a worse or a better yards after catch than an expected yards after catch, which means he's leaving a lot of meat on the bone. Um, which is not great. And he's, he's been not very good after the catch this season. He mm -hmm. needs to be better there. No doubt about it. And you, it's really unfortunate. And I get why Broncos fans are frustrated with him in this sense. When you see Alberto Coibanam out there on, you know, making three guys miss and playing really physical barreling to the end zone. When you see Fant go down against a 180 pound safety uh, for one yard, you know, that's, <laughs> I, I get it. I'm frustrated too. And I'm a Hawkeyes, uh, 
Hawkeye fan and definitely a little easier on them. Try not to be, but I'm, it's hard sometimes with that one. But we got Naj coming in at the buzzer. Uh, hey, bro's been very impressed with Vic recently. Seems he has improved in how he approaches the players and his humility and game planning. I also feel for Shermer finally finally gets it. Don't force the issue with Titty. Run the ball. Yeah, um, it's definitely a uh, – with Shermer – that second quarter was bad. I think the Broncos passed it 10 times and ran it three in every single other quarter. They ran it way more than they passed it. Maybe some of that is working through some kinks with Teddy. Like, hey, we're looking pretty good. Let's treat this kind of like an ex- exhibition game, get the quarterback feeling a little bit better out there. Then all of a sudden, the Lions are running the ball really effectively um, against the Broncos' front seven, which was a little scary for me. Um, obviously, they have a pretty good offensive line, but still a little scary. Uh, but running the ball, that's the team's bread and butter. I just worry that... At some point, there's going to have to be a, a counter to the Broncos running the football because some team's going to load the box. They're going to say, listen, Teddy, beat us through the air. Beat us vertically. Beat us outside the hash marks. We're going to give you those options, even with these wide receivers who are creating space right now. For the uh, That's why you have the, uh, somewhat have those weapons. Even if they're not getting the ball, teams are having to account for them, and that's a spacing thing, making the running game more effective, alas. Um, but there's going to have to be a counter to this. There's just no doubt. That's That's football. As far as working out the kinks, I think you're giving him too much credit. I think he oh. just panics. Teddy? Honestly. I, th- I think he just he panics. Like, oh, we, we, we got to get a score. We got to gotta move the ball down and, qu- you know, relax. Yeah. Relax. Run the ball. We definitely need to see more play action. That's for sure. If you're running the ball like this, the big play should be there. We've mm-hmm. said at the very beginning, arm strength isn't about the long throw. You know, play action, throwing over the top. High school quarterbacks can throw the ball 50, 60 yep. yards downfield. That's, that's not it. So it's there. Um, you want to use again, getting back to how to use Noah Fant, let him chip a guy and take off running on play action, you know, five steps. He's behind the line, hit him. So uh, I want to see the play action game come alive. Cause that's where your big plays are going to be with, with, with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we got Paris. Who's been a consistent supporter of the show. So I want to give Paris some love. Uh, thank you so much. Even though sometimes Paris, I think you are a little bit, uh, not as good vibes as we want after a victory uh, coming off of victory Monday, but keeping it real, keeping it grounded. And we appreciate everybody in the community, all voices, as long as we're keeping it uh, on point, which Paris definitely does. So Paris coming in, what kind of crazy nonsense offense do we have? We have top wide receivers and do not throw them the ball, but yet we want to run every play. This makes no sense to anything. Well, um, what makes sense to me is do what you do best. And so far this season, especially recently, the Broncos have been running the ball much more effectively and they have been passing it. Yes, you do have weapons that in theory should be pretty good because you paid um, and they're not getting the ball right now. And it's got to be frustrating for them sometimes to go out there. It's not like the Tebow offense where you had Demarius Thomas and Eric Decker out there, and Julius Thomas with a quarterback who was, you know, bouncing at 20 feet in front of them. But um, right now, Teddy looks injured and he's not playing effective. And this team is leaning on the run game, leaning on the defense. And that's a winning formula for them for the most part. So um, I do, it's not, crazy nonsense when it works and you know you have those wide receivers guess what they're not going anywhere teddy bridgewater might be going somewhere but those receivers you got those guys locked up they're not going anywhere it's not just about what this season is it's about what the makeup of this team is for the next three plus seasons and you have those three wide receivers locked up makes it pretty good for a veteran makes it pretty good for a rookie if you go that route i want to see 40 carries four receptions each for the running backs and 17 to 25 throwing from Bridgewater yeah. to me, that is, that's almost identical to what they you had against Dallas. That's what almost uh, identical to what you had against Detroit. That is how this team wins football games. Uh, it's a run game, but what we want to see more of Paris is what I was just talking about was the play action. If you're running the ball, especially early at 12 yards, a clip for God's sakes, 
You know, if I see second and two, don't just go two and a half yards for a first down. Take a free shot, please. Those are the ones that drive me crazy. I think it's, I don't remember which game. It may have been the Broncos, but, you know, consecutive second and twos were running plays. Yep. That's the Broncos. um, Consecutive. And that's, that's frustrating for me. It's like, that's when you're, that's when you're going to uh, take your chances. And I thought I saw one more in here that I wanted to get to, but that's okay. Oh, here it was. It was Peter. Uh, Peter coming in one more time. He says, if Gordon was on less, would the fans be cheering for him more? Now, my understanding is that he came in. I always hear Mike Boone replace Philip Lindsay, but when when was Melvin Gordon in here? Melvin um, Gordon is know, brought if in. If he's coming in on big money behind a, a, a very popular underdog, gritty story like Philip Lindsay, there's going to be some animosity there anyway. It's like, why don't you pay this guy? Well, yep. hindsight has shown us why you haven't paid this guy. Philip Lindsay hasn't done anything except play on three different teams since he's left the Broncos. Uh, Melvin Gordon's a pretty good back. But yeah, the money, the Chargers, and Philip Lindsay, those were three pretty big strikes of why Melvin Gordon hasn't been more popular. Yeah, and uh, not only with Lindsay, Lindsay's the hometown kid, the undrafted free agent, which has a high revere in Denver. He is from yeah, Denver. cut Rudy and gave this guy $20 million. That, that makes people angry. Yep. Absolutely. And then the other thing is uh, people want the shiny new toy. You trade up for Javonta Williams. Why the hell do we want Melvin Gordon, who we already feel, you know, because they brought him in means that the Broncos weren't fair to Philip Lindsay. There's no such thing as fair in football, folks, but um, <laughs> that's sorry. Uh, but um, I think that people would appreciate Gordon more if those this just one circumstance after another was not ideal for him. But he's been really good. Uh, I, there's no doubt about it. He's been really I good. love I've said it. Several times, I'll say it again, I love the way the running backs have been handled this year. I think it's been brilliant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're getting the best out of both of them with a with a rookie and a 17-game schedule and uh, a guy that's going to be a free agent next year. I think the the quarterback rotation, I mean, the, the running back rotation has been just spot on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, I have to get going. I got to fly, so appreciate everyone coming in here. Make sure you're following. Uh, this is Huddle Podcast Network, obviously, Mile High Huddle. Make sure you're following Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I am at Nick Kendall, MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. If you're on Facebook, make sure you're joining our communities there at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Um, if you guys like to give us five stars but uh, disparage me, Please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating and review there. Um, it makes me laugh um, because I get it, man. I We can have different opinions, and I can take it. I really actually do enjoy the the back and forth as long as it's kept respectful and we're living in reality. Sometimes it's not the case, um, but uh, that's that's an important one. Make sure you're following us on YouTube by subscribing, liking, and sharing, as well as following us on Scott's channel on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, Scott, are you... Uh, what are you going to do tomorrow without me? Are you going to, you're going to have to show up. I don't know. I'll probably put together a list of things and, uh, and talk some draft, uh, talk a little Falcons. Um, the Falcons are in the playoffs or playoff hunt. They're six and seven and go to San Francisco this week. So get a, get a good look at Shanahan who's seven yeah. and six. There's only six teams with winning <laughs> records in the NF in, in the NFC. It's <sighs> really, really bad football, but Hey, we're in the playoff hunt. I, God, I, th- where do I send flowers to uh, Matt Ryan for the inevitable outcome of the matchup that will be Nick Bosa versus Caleb McGarry? Because, oh, Mike, did you wa- have you watched any of that Cincinnati game yet? Nick Bosa beat the absolute bleep out of the Cincinnati right tackle, and Caleb McGarry is the worst right tackle in football. Good luck. Good luck. He's been okay the last two weeks. 
He's been okay. Yeah. Well, he hasn't gone up against Nick Bosa. <laughs> <laughs> that could change um, in a hurry. God, man. Nick Bosa is really good. So is Joey. Um, but guys, we're going to get out of here. We love y'all. Stay safe. Choose kindness and compassion. And uh, we will. I'll see you tonight. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs> <laughs>